Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the next edition of the Walker AC Experience for the month of August. I am Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you're still my friends. I go by Adrian, coming to you live, of course, once again. Are we live? Am I telling a tale? Am I just pre-recording? You will never know. Ha, to you, it will be live. So, this episode, of course, is brought to you by podbean.com. Give us a subscribe on walkerac76.podbean.com. Reach out to us also under slacking majestically 01yahoo.com. Get your feedback, listen to your thoughts. Good, bad, ugly, and different. It's cool. And of course, before we go any further, I must, it's a must, that I introduce to you my co host, one of the hosts of Serial and Beer podcast coming out very, very soon, my friend and yours, and maybe somebody's daddy out there. We're not too sure yet, waiting for the DNA test to come back. Kevin, you. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? You know what should be a greeting is word to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the next episode, when I introduce you, you will say word to your mother, and I will gladly hold you to that. Uh, How have you been? Oh, you know, enjoying the ridiculous amount of heat punctuated by half-hour rainstorms, because that's Florida for you. How are you faring in this extreme heat? Uh, I am surviving, surviving here and there. It's been a very entertaining week. I don't get too much into personal stuff, but, you know, with the kind of work I do, and uh, I get injured along the way, have a pulled muscle in my leg. It's a tremendous feeling, by the way. It hurts like the dickings, and including with the bipolar Florida weather, with the intense African heat, plus, you know, the rain on top of that, definitely makes for a fun week. But, of course, you know, uh, we persevere because we have to. And we had that thing called Bill that uh, we pay all the time. And he's not going to wait, you know, because I'm hurt. So, Yep. Uh, the gears of capitalism are all the blood of the people. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it would be nice if we just lived back in the Stone Age, you know, just... Uh, hunt our food and scale, you know, scan our food and do it that way. But hindsight being 2020. Yeah, that really, just sounds like such a pain. Yeah, because like, we, we're about cooking it properly or else you're going to get sick, you know, with you know, either salmonella or other kind of poisoning. And all the running? Oh, man, you want me to run? I don't want that. Well, I mean, it's survival of the fittest. I mean, I mean, we're going to have to make something happen. I mean, you know, most people can't sit around and wait for the food to come to us. Unless, you know, we want to feast on Sparky. I mean, I heard dog meat's pretty good. No, there's, I'm, and I'm kidding, folks. Don't, don't send your hate mail. I'm kidding. And for those of you who live in cultures that do eat dog meat, I get it and I understand. Now, see, Kevin, you're supposed to be the straight man. You're supposed to be the sensible one. And I'm supposed to be the schmuck. <laughs> well, what if we break the rules of improv? Who, what the improv police are gonna come arrest us? 
That's true. Hey, you know, come think of it. I wonder what would dog taste like. I'm just curious. Hmm. There are places where you can find out. You know, I smell a field trip. I smell us Let's... hopping on the Partridge family bus and going out and finding what cat and dog tastes like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know what whale tastes like. Really? What is whale? Does whale taste like chicken? Oh, no. And for those that think that, it's like, you should please, you know, refine your palate. <laughs> Stop eating, like, ultra-processed ultra food and just try to think of subtlety. But anyways, um, whale is, like, really, really fatty, as we can understand, because whales live in such cold, um, famous, um, climates of water. It's really chewy. Um, it's, just, it's kind of a, a subtle flavor. But, yeah, um... So I had it overseas, and because uh, every year at elementary schools, the children, uh, elementary, stu- elementary school students, um, get to eat whale, because it's a cultural thing. So yeah, it was a very interesting experience. I've had it twice. I mean, it was also labeled as like whale bacon. <laughs> that another place I tried it. Interesting. Now, the most exotic food I've tried was, of course, I tried frog legs and you know, I did calamari. Um, that's as far as my palate went. I never knew about whale meat. Hmm. Other than that, I mean, what was the most exotic thing you've, you've ever eaten and what do you recommend that uh, most people try? Well, um, I think there's a lot of good food out there. Um, I've tried ostrich, buffalo. Um, I've had armadillo gallbladder. I've had snake. I've had... Um, Guab. Um, uh, let's see, what else? I've had, oh, I've had the um, pufferfish. I had that. Um, what else? Now, here before you yeah. go to the before you go to the next one, what was that last one you had? Pufferfish. Oh, pufferfish. Now, yeah. not to not to stop your train of thought, but isn't pufferfish dangerous, or is that something else, or is that another type of fish? Oh. It's very dangerous, very, very dangerous. A chef must be have a certi- uh, special certification to be able to serve butterfish. And if um, traditionally you get a teeny bit of the uh, poison, and it'll like kind of um, make your your uh, mouth numb. It's a taste of death. But um, if you get a poisonous dose, well then there's nothing you can do, and that's it. Oh, yeah, see, I heard. I really thought that was a myth because, I mean, I've seen it on certain movies where people will take um, a, a bite of it and you have the tingle in your mouth and that'll be it. But I never knew that that was a reality and you can actually die from that and there's nothing you can do. Um, would you sign some waiver or something like that before trying it out? Nope. Uh, in other countries, they're not as good to just, <laughs> you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Interesting. So, out of all, the, and I'm, I'm sorry. Please continue your train of thought as far as all the exotic foods that you've eaten. Uh, I think let's see. That's a short list. Uh, I might be forgetting some here and there, but yeah. And I think just it's valuable just to try things. Try things twice, because maybe the first time you know you weren't ready, or the first time it was just like a bad bat. And um, a short rant that. People get so weird about food. I think they forget to think about history and culture. And that, yes, if you lived in a place where 
you know, food was scarce and you had to survive off of, of insects, you would you wouldn't go hungry. Or um, if that was all that your ancestors ate until now, you'd think it'd be normal. I feel like like um, a good amount of Americans are so spoiled and they'd rather waste a bunch of food rather than to try like oxtail soup or, you know, have like neck bones or like eat organ meat. But you know, it's like you look through human history and how like we have an overabundance of food where in a lot of other cultures around the world didn't have that luxury at all for a long time. And that is true. I mean, I've, you know, I've grown up um, with a very simple palate. Um, I mean, you know, of course, we've had our you know, basic meats, vegetables, cornbread, stuff like that. And the thought of eating something exotic was an instant turnoff. You know, because your mind was, your mind couldn't wrap its head around eating squid until until I tried it, uh, or eating frog legs until I tried it, because it's always a common joke that you know this meat tastes like chicken, or this tastes like chicken, or this tastes like fish. So nine times out of ten, a whole lot of people won't try anything exotic, because it's always you know the fear of the weird taste or the bitter taste. Um, and when you mentioned whale, that's just a a curiosity for me. I'd, I'd definitely love to try something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in Florida, you can get Gator Tail, and you know, that's pretty good. It's just, you know, trying to expand your horizons and um, knowing that's available. And uh, yeah, because you never know how life turns out. Remember that like month that eggs are outrageously expensive? Mm hmm. Yes, people were freaking out about that. And they were looking for a good substitute. Now, I hear, and of course, once again, I could be wrong, um, ostrich eggs. You know, it's a quite larger egg. It definitely serves more. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? And also, just to go back a little bit, what do you recommend people try? That, you know, that, that's something that's, that, that's exotic. Um, maybe something, um, I mean, I would think even lamb would be exotic for some people. Or like goat. I like a good goat curry. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, just branch out a little bit. Because when you think about anything, eating anything is weird. You think about a cow. It's like, oh, I just ate something with four stomachs that throws up into his mouth. Or like a chicken. It's like, this has a kaloika. <laughs> <laughs> like eating, or a pig. Like, pigs are like smarter than dogs. But hey, let's eat them. And so think, think about, if you think, really think about it, eating any meat is crazy you know of course i mean you think of all the processes that it takes to you know, to make that meat into something edible you know the process is to the naked eye is totally horrendous what they have to go through mm-hmm. um so i mean of course there have been multiple multiple documentaries on you know the slaughtering of you know of animals for our food and stuff like that so try to mm-hmm. you know you know, try to scare you to be vegan um but you have a point there and there was an old joke uh, from a comedian he says you know, we only want to save the cute animals. We don't want to eat yeah. the cute animals. You know, we don't want to eat, you know, Fluffy our cat or Bosco our dog, but we'd rather eat Bessie the cow because it's not a good-looking well, animal. Or we want to eat the dirty pig. <laughs> you, know, we, we, you know, we don't want to eat anything cute because, God forbid, we shave and boil our hamster, then we are the most evil people in the world. Well, again, that's culturally, well, you know, different because they're, like, there's a culture that eats guinea pigs and... Well, um, life circumstances will make you do some strange things. So 
So, you know, people say, oh, I could never do that. You never know what life will bring you. Of course. I mean, if, if, if given the, uh, if given the, uh, the stance between, you know, survival, you know, being basically the survival of the fittest, you have no choice but to, you know, slaughter Farfel and shave him down and eat him. Of course, you're going to do that. You know, you're going to feel bad about it. You're not going to worry about, you know, people out in the world getting upset at you and judging you for doing it because you have to eat to survive just the way it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to try puffer fish, but I have this, but, you know, but I have this hesitation because the whole, you know, dying after eating thing kind of bothers me. I think a much better way is to die other than you know, eating a piece of food. Well, there's there are more painful ways of dying. But, you know, if you go to, like, a place that's pretty reputable and safe, you have nothing to worry about. The place I went to was completely sterile, so I wasn't worried for a second. I'm, I'm just wondering, what would, what would make someone want to try that? Is it the taste, or is it the, um, the rush of, of actually doing it? It's probably the exotic um, nature of it. It was prepared very well. Like, it was beautiful. But it was expensive, and the flavor wasn't very strong whatsoever. And so, you know, it was fun to say I tried it, but at the same time, like, I would have just saved my... I had a better experience with, with um, Kobe beef. Ah, Kobe beef is really good. I really... Because I, I try Kobe beef, I really like it. Um, now, of course, this is common. Um, I've been to a Brazilian steakhouse. Um, there, you know, there is one in Orlando for you millennials out there. Orlando is just the home of Disney. Just keep it at that. Um, it's, uh, these chefs will bring over cuts of meat from all over the world, shave you off a piece and you can just try it out. Basically an all you can eat. And of course I tried lamb. I tried Kobe beef and I tried the basic steak, stuff like stuff of that nature. Um, lamb to me was the best. It was seasoned the best. To me, it tasted the best. Um, you know, I wasn't really down for steak cause Everybody can have a steak. I'm looking for something different. But I've always wanted to try the puffer fish because you see it in the movies. And uh, I'm not, you know, I may have to ask you, where would I go to find something like that? I mean, how expensive of a dish it is? Of course, the price, depending upon where it's at, what state is that? It, it may be expensive as in California, maybe a little bit cheaper if it's here in Florida. I had it in Japan. I'm not even sure you can get it in um in America so I mean I remember like there was a story that one place got busted for serving whale but that's illegal to have in America but yeah overseas you know they go over there and like um, I went with a group of people and like each one of us paid a hundred dollars for dinner and I'm just like mm. I kind of I was really shocked at the price tag I'm like what a hundred dollars for that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I mean, I mean, now you're paying for ambiance, pretty much. You're not really paying for the food itself. I suppose, but yeah. I mean, again, it was it was fun to say that I did it, but I wouldn't do it again. Of course, I mean, I definitely want to try something like that because I, because you know, I'm I'm trying not to get into the trope of saying, oh, because I'm old, or because I'm getting older. No, because that kind of gets played out, and that kind of limits mm -hmm. your that kind of limits your audience. So I'm going to try to get away from that. But the more experience, I want to have more experiences. So I know we talked about, you know, multiple podcasts, various things here and there um, that will get you out of the house, you know, get, you know, get, you, get you do things that are not really that expensive. 
Um, mm-hmm. But if you had your choice, Kevin, I know you're a world traveler, and I do appreciate that. Where is someplace exotic that you would like to go just for the experience? Um, I would like to go to uh, Iceland. Um, I, I never really thought about Iceland until my friends went, and just it just seems like such a beautiful place. Having natural hot springs and having like a, a basically a world kind of like it's onto itself. It's so separated from the rest of the world, you know. It it's just a really quaint place to be, and it's like we got some really interesting culture. Like believe me, like like um, shaman and and magic. Man, for those of you who want to know about some crazy like um, I guess magical stuff, look up some Icelandic uh, culture. You know, go go say hi to Bjork. Yeah, kind of fun. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, Iceland sounds sounds like a really interesting place. And also, other than Iceland, I thought about going to a couple other um, locations. But before I do, now of course you've been to Japan, and wow, let me let me stop myself for a second. I said, of course you've been to Japan. That sounds pretty goddamn racist. <laughs> well, I, I admit, you know, we've talked about it before, so in context, it's okay. <laughs> You're like, wow, man. You know, like I sound very Southern. Of course you've been to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yes, you've been to Japan. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I've been to Germany. And it goes... I mentioned it before, Germany is a beautiful place. The culture is amazing. The language is very easy to learn. And the food is very, I'm not going to say exotic. It's very simple. Um, You know, you have um, schnitzel, which is a type of meat, of course. You have your fries. You have your, um, you have your delicatessen foods. But it's nothing too exotic. But Germany, scenery-wise, is tremendous. I recommend anybody going. Um, Other than Iceland, where do you recommend just just a simple person that to go that's not really expensive um i actually heard costa rica is really nice um i've heard it put as a, like a less expensive hawaii <laughs> so that could be a really nice place to go hmm, interesting well, i mean good because I, I definitely do believe people need more experience um if they're able to travel get your passport um, get a plane ticket to go somewhere because oddly enough, um, prices leaving the country isn't really that expensive. You know, you just have to get the first hurdle of getting your passport, waiting the time limit for it, holding on to it because it's good for five years, and just travel as much as you can. You know, get that world experience. You know, so you have those memories. You know, to either keep to yourself or, you know, or to tell your loved ones or family. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean. It is quite a luxurious thing sometimes, because um, it's also like a, a time expense as well. And also, I also kind of, to be hopefully not too much of a contrarian, but I think travel is kind of over-glamorized, because a lot of, like, it's just a pain in the butt sometimes. Like, I don't like flying. I know I have to do it to get to places, but I'm like, uh, flying in, you know, flying is bad for the environment. And like, uh, you know, if somebody has anxiety, it's just like, oh my God, I got to wait, you know, I got to make sure I got this, got to make sure I don't, you know, forget this, and I got to have my passport, and I got to, you know, make sure this, this, this is in order. So it's, it's, it's tough to kind of relax sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then like, 
And if you travel people, you got to be really picky about who you travel with. Because, <laughs> you know, you two are kind of like in it together. And so you can test like some relationships. Um, yeah, it's, it's, travel's good, but it's also not kind of like what they portray it as on, you know, on social media. Well, I mean, I can tell you that if you and I traveled, you would get sick of me and you would beat me above the head and neck with your cane. Um, and <laughs> I definitely do expect it. Um, yeah, but I, I can agree with you when it comes to flying, because not to get into a long story, but I flew to Germany and that was 12 hours. And mm-hmm. I am terrified of flying. And of course, everybody's going to give you the old, well, you know, you know, it's safer to fly than it is to drive. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but, you know, but my psyche tells me that I don't have control. Because if the plane crashes, I have no control over that. You know, I have no control over the turbulence, no control over what's under me, especially flying over water. Of course, you know, the planes are checked. Of course, people are certified to fly a plane. All the other precautionary things have been taken care of. But if you're afraid of flying in the back of your mind, no matter what logical things are there in place, you're still going to freak out. So I flew for 12 hours and I was hopped up on medication all the way there and all the way back. Um, But the experience was tremendous and it was worth it. Um, But even if I have to fly for two and a half hours, I have to drug myself up because I just don't like the thought of not being able to control, you know, what's underneath me or what's around me. I mean, that's, I think that's also why people don't like uh, automated uh, driving driverless cars because they don't have the control. And that you, people want control, even though they, they don't realize that they can't handle the control, they still want it. You know, they, they, they have an emotional response like, oh, at least I can do something about it. Whereas, you know, like, like automated systems that don't have to deal with all these other factors would be statistically safer. And that's true. And, you know, I wonder why that is, you know, I, because uh, I've been told before years ago that, oh, you know, Adrian, it's a control thing. You know, I mean, you, you, you have control issues because you want to, you know, have everything uh, you know, taken care of beneath you. And I'm like, I don't really think that is. It's that I'm not too sure what the official fear of flying is, what is what's it called. But I know I have it, <laughs> you know. I don't mind, you know, riding in a car with somebody for, for long distance trips because I've done it multiple times. It's just that, I don't know, I guess it's just the trust, you know, of a stranger taking you somewhere and hopefully they know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, so. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, we do have to put a lot of trust in each other for all the things, like, you know, again, like, like a chef knowing how to prepare food well and safely. Or like, you know, somebody driving your, your Uber or Lyft, <laughs> making sure they're not, you know, absolutely incompetent. Or even like people instructing you, making sure they're not just making things up <laughs> as they go. <laughs> oh, that's how, that's how Kevin makes his money. You know, he, he, of course, he teaches people yoga and everything. He just lies to them and gets his money. So smart, yeah, smart money, like, Kevin. Exactly. Give me more money. <laughs> that's more healthy. You can give me enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me more money, you will be healthy. I will teach you. Uh, <laughs> now, would you would you ever ride in a self-driving car to go somewhere? I have. 
uh, once um, I summoned it, uh, a lift, and by chance, it was the latest model of the of a Tesla, and they put on the aisle, autopilot mode on me, and it was like really interesting. Like, ooh, this is really, really smooth. So that was a really cool experience. And I mean, you were not nervous at all, or you just kind of just took it for what it is and just enjoyed the ride. Uh, no, I wasn't nervous because you know the driver could also you know switch back to his you know and his controllers at any time, and so I just I wasn't worried. Hmm, okay, I mean, just like a roofie on prom night, you just let it happen. Okay, perfect, sweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you, do you have anything for me? I mean, what is what is on your mind? I took up half the show talking about travel, exotic places, and self-driving cars. Um, what, what do you have on your end? Okay, how about this? You know, we're, we're from Florida. A lot of people come you know, here for vacation. Where are some places that you would recommend people to go that are not the more mainstream places to go? So, for me... Now, a lot of people will agree with this one on here, especially for those who live in Florida. I recommend St. Augustine. Um, a friend of mine took me there before. St. Augustine is very beautiful, very uh, classic, I want to say, uh, area. Um, there is a section of St. Augustine. I don't remember. I may have to look it up um, off, off uh, camera here. Uh, but there's a section of St. Augustine. You can park your car. You can walk around. It's like Old Town. Um, you can see all the classic shops and vintage vintage areas like that and it's really calm it's really relaxing it's not busy like a mall or you know or just some city place you can literally walk around for hours and just enjoy the sights grab a hotel and come back and do it all over again um, and there's one other place i recommend um, is daytona beach uh, daytona beach is, is really nice it's busy but once again, it's not like you know, a city full of just people roaming around on the beach. There's multiple shops. You can sit on the beach by yourself and be left alone and just really enjoy the sights. Um, I lived in Daytona Beach for a couple of years. And, of course, there's the Daytona 500. Um, there is uh, spring break. There is bike week, stuff like that. And it's pretty calm. It's really nice compared to living in Orlando. Orlando is you have to get to point A to point B very quickly and you have to drive on the roads. Anyone who's lived in Florida understands when I use the term drive on I-4, people will literally exhale and roll their eyes. So, <laughs> so yeah, I do recommend St. Augustine. I do recommend Daytona. Now, what about yourself? I mean, what, what do you recommend traveling in your area before you came back to Florida? Well, I actually recommend uh, Ginny Springs in Gainesville. It's a really beautiful place. There's some really great um, caves there. But if you need caves, that's a place, a really nice place to go. Um, if you're in Orlando, you should get out of the forest area. Get out of the Disney area. Um, go to uh, go look at Winter Park. It's a nice little community. It's it's, it's you know it's upscale, and but I think they kind of have like a nice kind of um, community feel and go to like the lakes like Lake Eola downtown it's a really nice place to walk around in the middle of the city and so to get a better feel of like what Orlando's like because the rest of Orlando's not like the theme parks so those are my top choices and I guess you know the theme parks aren't, aren't really my thing anymore most theme parks and of course I'm going to bury myself for saying this most theme parks are A for tourists B for children 
And we reach when you reach a certain age, see I'm doing it again. Reach a certain age, you just don't want to you don't want to deal with that anymore. You want to look for more quiet places. And now what now what was that place called again? Um Uni Springs. Uni yeah, that's Uni Springs? Jenny. Oh Jenny Springs. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, okay. And then I I will go to bat for Epcot Center. Epcot Center is not for children. I I kind of like it. Uh, well, then, what what do you, what do you like about it? It's nice to kind of meet all the um the people that come to work here from around the world. So that's really fun. Um, you kind of get a taste of the food and like a a little bit of the culture. And here's the trick: don't try to drink around the world. That is a fool's quest. You might get six countries in and end up just completely <laughs> having a miserable time. So don't do that. This is not reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> like, please do not get hammered. You will vomit on somebody. Exactly. It's like, you, you can, yeah, maybe if you don't want to listen to me, fine. You can email us and just tell, you about your, tell us about your experience trying to get drunk and that's out there. <laughs> Now, actually, I do have a question for you before we go back to, to you know, to your turn, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned exotic foods. And what would an exotic drink be for you if you, if you've, if, if you experienced that yet? Um, the most exotic drink I've ever had was armadillo gallbladder. It was green. It was kind of actually not very heavy. And it was illegal. <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. But um, I, a cocktail that I really like that I discovered in California is called the Michelada. The Michelada is um, a motto and um, a kind of um, beer choice, usually Dos Equis or, or um, Pacifico or um, uh, Corona. And like get it at like a mom top pop type place. Get it where you have to learn, you have to speak in Spanish to order it. And because they make it really well, they add the spices and, and it's just, you know, like a really good one is this will blow your mind. Don't go to just some place and get, just get one, because you want a good one. So yeah, try a michelada. Michelada, interesting. Okay, now forgive me, because I'm gonna have to rewind a little bit here, because I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around the armadillo gallbladder. You said. That's right. That's right. It's armadillo gallbladder in a drink. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a, they gave me a little shot. Yeah, I had in China. And is it, wow, is it alcoholic or like a non-alcoholic? Yeah. It's alcoholic. That's interesting. I would assume, yeah. I would assume the basic American drink of sake, but armadillo gallbladder, I'm going to look that up when we're done. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have all sorts of stuff like um, snake wine. Like, you know, it'll preserve snake and wine, and it's supposed to be like, or like have some medicinal properties for you. You know, like if you go to like uh, traditional tequilas with like worms or scorpions or whatever, or whatever in, in it, you know. That is interesting. That is insane. Now, see, once again, I okay. Let me backtrack. I shouldn't say insane. I shouldn't say crazy. I shouldn't say weird, because that's that tradition. That's that particular culture. So I can't really crap on it by by calling it a name, seeing as how I I never understand I, I haven't never tried it, so that's not fair to them. 
Um, yeah, but please continue. I mean, what, what, other, what other things are, are, are on your agenda, on your topic? Well, I just think it's also kind of interesting when you look at local cuisines of any given area, even in America. You go to like more rural places and they may have actually eat, have a squirrel or maybe, I don't know, possum. And that's part of the American culture. And so there's nothing wrong with trying to try that because that's just part of the, the heritage of, of it all. And, you know, or like, you know, the Northeast is famous for seafood and the South, you got a lot of like soul food or country food or like, um, you know, you got different areas, like even like the food scene in, um, in, uh, in uh, Philly is, is its own thing. So there's a lot of like, I guess, indigenous food everywhere. And I think that's a really great starting point. Like, 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 look at where you're from and what are you famous for? What's a local dish? You may be surprised that you may have not, never tried it before. And that is true. One of my hangups when it comes to eating different types of food, I was always concerned about how it's going to affect my stomach. Um, of course, I, 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 I do not do spice, but I want to try something different that won't really rock my stomach too much. Um, and like I said before, calamari didn't bother me. And, you know, eating frog's legs didn't bother me. Alligator didn't bother me. Um, it's more or less the magical F word of try something new. It's, it's the fear of it. Um, I tried sushi over a year ago, and now I'm hooked on it because I was always hesitant because, you know, I didn't want to risk the raw fish or the raw meat or anything of the sort, but then I understood and I was taught that there are many different types of sushi out there. So for people who want to try something new, baby steps, just try, just try sushi. That works as well. Or just try something that's um, um, kind of adjacent. Like um, I really like Puerto Rican food and it's sometimes not, you know, widespread or um, what else? Or like, like go to like, um, a Venezuelan restaurant. There's some really great stuff that's not too different, but it's different enough to kind of expand your palate a little. Or, now here's a silly question for you. And please, you can roll your eyes at this one because I'm going to sound American for a minute. Is Chinese food really Chinese food or is there a true Chinese Asian um, food place that, you know, that, serves oh. the, that serves the truest of food? Okay, so I've had to really reconsider my thoughts about this. Um, it helped by um, watching like a mini documentary about about the invention of food in America by Chinese immigrants. Now, quick history lesson that um, the Chinese people have been in America since the 19th century, and it was men that came came over. <laughs> so cooking is was like an alien to men. So they had they came to a new place didn't understand the food so they had to like work with what they had with their base knowledge and so you as time went on you had the advent of things such as um uh orange chicken or or um or kung pao chicken and those type of things um so it's kind of it's got its own history it may have like i guess similar roots because of where it came from but it's quite different um, I mean, next time you come back and take you to some authentic places, um, and so some Americans, again, they they kind of like, you know, pet peeve of mine is when they deride 
uh, food from different cultures saying is dirty or it's just gross. Because I'm like, well, some people think your food is dirty and gross, so <laughs> have your fried Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> and your Taco Bell while you're at it. And so, yeah, I mean, having those things that are really nice. Um, and then, like, even saying Chinese food is, it's, it's an umbrella term. Like, there are five main cuisines within Chinese cuisine, and then you have, like, local dishes as well. The most popular style is Cantonese, and so you'll see that a lot. Or uh, So you may find other influences out there, but, um, yeah. the Basically, the rule of thumb is that if people of that culture go there to eat, and that's the majority of the clientele, that's pr- probably going to be with the most, I guess... Um, traditional style of cooking that there is. Mm, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I've had, and I hate the, you know, once again, I'm trying to be PC. Um, I've had Chinese food before. You know, shrimp, mm-hmm. shrimp, egg foo young, you know, pork fried rice, egg roll, stuff like that. And you get it from your local Chinese food place down the road. But you never really know, and most people really don't care if it's authentic. Because they're so used to it over the years, this is something they're used to being have. So if you go to any other Chinese food place, it's the exact same thing, the exact same way. And my quest has always been why. I've always asked why. You know, why this food is like this? Is it really authentic? Or why is it like this? So I always wanted to know, and I never really knew who to ask. And I'm not saying this because you're Asian. I'm not saying this, <laughs> you know, because you're from another country. No, that's pretty bad. Um, but I just want to know if, if that was really what I, if it was really what I was eating at the time, so. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, these are good fit questions, you know, like, you know, I could ask you about soul food as well, and it's okay, we're not doing this to be weird to each other, you know, <laughs> like, living in the South, I'm, I'm like, man, I really like, enjoy soul food, even though it's bad for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean, I miss this local um soul food place here in orlando mama nims man they had some great fried chicken and just they had a really nice um i guess mom and pop feel but it went away and left the hole in my heart <laughs> yeah there's the or, i mean the, there's there's really uh very scarce soul food places around here because once again it's all about health now yeah, but it tastes really, really good. I'm going to pay for it in my 70s and 80s. But, uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah, so we talked about exotic foods, exotic drinks, uh, you know, places to visit, um, exotic places to travel also. So, but uh, before I go on, uh, I'll let you continue your topic and talk about other things. Because I, I do have one more question for you before I turn it over to you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, like thinking about food it is probably the most easy way to think about a people's culture because you got to think about the the rituals and and the, and the preparation and the ingredients that go that go into it like i heard that with indian food there's like um i don't know if it's it's accurate but like they have to have a certain amount of spices because there's a religious context to it all or think about how many times a day that people eat or the history of food, like um, you think about um, traditional like taquerias, or like how the burritos, I think was made to um, have a quick meal for people that are working, and so that's how it's made. Um, or like the history of the French dip sandwich, it was an accident. Somebody just dropped their sandwich in the um, 
into the beef the juices and the guy like nah i'll still eat that (laughs) (laughs) and so it's it's kind of a great way to really um think about like a culture when you experience it to really be like okay maybe i should do a teeny bit of homework and learn about the food that i'm eating yeah that is true now studies have not studies history has talked about the fried chicken now, um, are you are you familiar with the origins of fried chicken? Oh, I, I'm interested to learn. So, back in the slavery days, um, they would fry their chicken, and you know, um, do a fry their chicken to keep it out of the elements. You know, so if any bugs or stuff like that got on the chicken itself, they could just peel back the fried the fried skin of it and still eat the chicken itself. And the watermelon was the most easiest fruit to eat because once again, you have to cut it open to actually get the fruit. So any elements, bugs, whatnot, can attack the outer shell of the watermelon. It still is not going to affect the actual watermelon itself. So that's where the you know you know that's where the, the racist joke that black people like fried chicken and watermelon comes from, but not really knowing why so. So you know so there you go. Your history lesson for today from the Walker AC experience. Very nice. And as uh, Dave Chappelle once said, like, if you don't like fried chicken watermelon, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I just found that interesting because I never really thought about it. But it makes perfect sense. It keeps, your, you know, it, you know, it keeps your chicken safe and it keeps your watermelon safe. So that's a very smart thing to do. But um, mm-hmm. so I did have a question about foods, but it literally escaped my mind. Oh, here we go. So, what is the worst, worst, hey, English language people, what's the worst uh, food you've ever eaten that you can never eat again? Okay, me personally, it's blood sausage. It is horrendous to me. Um, Once I was in Korea and I accidentally ordered ordered it, I'm like, no, but I was hungry, I, I was just like resigned, I'm like, I have to force myself to eat this. I've only had it, you know, less than a handful of times, and that was too many times. But just the irony of it all, and the texture, and the flavor is just all wrong for me. So, yeah, no blood sauces for me, man. What about you? Uh, now, before I get to mine, explain to to our audience what blood sausage is. Well, it's congealed blood in a casing. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's it's in different cultures too. And so, um, maybe there's some fans out there, but it's definitely not for me. Interesting. I never had it. It never really appealed to me because number one, blood sausage. Yeah, just just a term, just a word itself kind of turns me off. Um, mm-hmm. But now I resign myself into trying new things. But that's one of them. I he. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to wait on that one, folks. Um, for for me, it's a simple one. Um, sauerkraut. I'm oh. not a fan of sauerkraut. Um, in Germany, you know, we put it on one of our foods, and it's, I guess, the bitter taste, the smell of it, and the texture of it, I'm not really a big fan of. Um, that's, that's really not my thing. I ate it once just to try it, and I ate it by itself. It was horrendous. I had to spit it out, and then I tried it on a hot dog, horrendous had to spit it out um, <laughs> never again and a close second is um oh good lord um 
It's a salad. It escaped my mind. Uh, um, yeah, I'll definitely come back to it. But yeah, sauerkraut's my my, my number one on that. Um, it's a cabbage salad, and I can't think of the darn name of it. it escaped my mind. I know people are screaming at their, uh, you know, like their laptops on their phone right now, saying, "This is what it is, you moron! Think about it. Really, think about it." It's like a wedge salad. Uh, or coleslaw. Like... Thank you. Coleslaw. Coleslaw. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, can't do coleslaw. <laughs> Because I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand why they make it. Um, it's some prison food. It's some abomination. And yeah, the, the inventor should be shot and boiled in oil and had his fat soul for soap. I cannot eat coleslaw. Uh, I'm not a fan of coleslaw. But the majority of food I don't like. There's no food I just can't stomach. But if it's like I really don't like eating this. Like for example, I don't like olives. I just don't like them. Like, I, I won't, like, die if I eat it, but I'm just like, I'll be very unhappy. <laughs> or, like, liver. Liver is garbage. <laughs> Although I do like pate, but, like, I, I just, it would be a Herculean effort for me to sit down and have some liver and onions. I'd be like, I'm, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, I hear it has a health value. I, I, I mean, I mean am, I, am I wrong in saying that? Oh, it does. It does. I heard, yeah. <laughs> that's as far as it goes but like, but like I can be healthy without it <laughs> <laughs> well my you know my, my, my parents used to eat liver and onions and I can't eat a food where you have to smother it in something if it's not good on its own why am I going to smother it with cheese or gravy or onions or something else just to mask the original taste of the food I can't do it and uh, I agree with you um um, the, 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 what was it? Oh my God. See, brain olives. is olives. Thank you. Olives, t- olives. Um, I cannot do at all. Cause number one, they're too salty. Um, uh, that and anchovies are too salty for me. I cannot do it. If it's on a pizza and there's no other choice, I can choke it down. <laughs> but if I had my choice, no, thank you. I, I'm good with that. Interesting. Interesting. So you don't have a salty palate? Used to. Used to. Okay. Um, I used to eat a, eat, a, eat a lot of salt in my younger years because I was conditioned to that was the way to eat food. You know, you mm-hmm. have your plate in front of you, you taste it, you salt it down like crazy, and you're <laughs> totally fine with it. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm like, okay, I'll accept it for what it is. <laughs> if it's bland, it's bland. I'll eat it. It's fine. Hmm. Man, I mean, I've got more. I've had a lot of food to introduce to you, but I'm like, huh? I'm just trying to like lower it down. You can't handle spiciness or a lot of salt. I'm like, okay, gotta gotta start thinking things, get things out of my head. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, like the the salt thing doesn't really bother me. It's just I want to have the ability to taste the food for what it is, you know, um, before the spices kick in. You know, if it's, I mean, you know, I mean, if it's a good cut of meat, then that's perfectly fine. But if it's smothered in salt and spices and stuff like that, I won't really appreciate it because I don't know what it originally tastes like. Mm, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, that's a whole thing. Like, over-seasoning things, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I heard the story about how food was prepared in, like, in, like, the Middle Ages or so in Europe and how, like, 
luxury food was just like completely like caked in spices because like it was so hard to um obtain and so like yeah look at this like look at this chicken that's like just <laughs> just crusted over with oregano <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i really can't do that but 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 that's just me i mean that's that's not to say that you know if there's a new exotic dish that i try that if it's smothered in gravy or spices or whatnot, I'll try it first, you know, and then I may have to, you know, scrape it off like an American and try it and try it again, you know, but, but, but that's just me. Um, yeah, you know, oh yeah, so continue. I mean, if you don't have anything else, we will gladly jeté over into rants and, and go from there. Yeah, I like, I think it's time for rants. Well, you have the best rants, so I'll, I'll definitely let you go first. Rant. Okay, my rant is against Apple. Stupid Apple. Number one, it's like this just ridiculously rich tax evading company keeps screwing up accessibility. Every time they update, they screw up my accessibility settings. I'm like, great, now I can't use my phone anymore. Now I have to make an appointment and go to the genius bar to fix things. It's, I think their philosophy is like, all right, if it's not broke, break it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always just a, just a whole thing because other people say oh yeah Apple's accessible yeah, I love it like you guys are just chills what do they have on you <laughs> so I mean I I had my issues with um, my old Samsung phones but it just wasn't as, as just dysfunctional and unpredictable as the things I had to deal with like with Apple so I am not a fan of some of it. Not that all things are bad, but just, you know, Apple. Be a little more careful when you change things and think about user interface. It's not a fan of it. How is it about you? Well, before I get to my rant, I will respond to that. Um, I will agree with you 110%. Um, I started off with Metro PCS. Um, you know, Metro piece of shit, as some people call it. Um, it's, it's the great value, the Walmart, the Circuit City brand of telephones. It's uh, pretty basic. You pay X amount of dollars per month, and you have a basic phone. But of course, you know, if you have little ones and children and stuff like that, they want to upgrade to the silly thing called an Apple iPhone. <sighs> Broke down, I acquiesced, and I got an iPhone for myself and my little one. And of course, we've gone through phones over the years, but one thing that sticks out of my mind, um, his iPhone went dead, and we had to go to the Apple store. If anyone has been to an Apple store, it's like you walk into a swap shop, a swap meet. There are tables everywhere filled with just people from all over the world, you know, workshopping and fixing their phones and you know, you have to have an appointment or you just wait there forever. You will literally have a birthday waiting for service for your iPhone. So my son and I waited for about an hour to get service. We got service, sat down. The helper, not his fault, looked through the phone, did a couple of troubleshooting things. And he's like, okay, well, we can fix the phone for $300. Exactly, folks. That's the silence that we got when he said that. Oh, because the warranty, shocker, shocker, happened to expire last month. So he, they can fix the phone with no problem whatsoever. Just 
X amount of hundreds of dollars, or you can buy a whole new phone for a couple hundred bucks more. So, yeah, we exited the store and thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. My son gave me the boo-boo face and had to go online and order a whole new bloody phone, send that one back, and start paying on another phone all over again. It's a lovely racket, but it's business. But yes, Kevin, I do not like anything Apple. I'll just stick with my old man phone. Not that I think I'll be okay with that. Damn it, did the old man thing again. Shit. Okay. It's okay. I, I personally believe that children under a certain age don't need a smartphone. Give, like, if they want a phone, give them, like, the Nokia brick. And, like, <laughs> there you go. That's your phone. It's like, don't complain. Are you paying for it? You don't need the junk that comes with the smartphone. <laughs> Yes, I've, I've had my iPhone for a couple of years, and who boy, I'm, yeah, just something I can call and text, and maybe on a good day, do a video call if I feel like it. Um, so my rant is, this would be a tough one. I'll try to keep it short and sweet. The medical field. The medical field now. <laughs> this generation medical field, to where now... Because back then, I'm, I'm refraining, back then, you call, you make an appointment. Even, you can go online, make an appointment to be seen, you tell your doctor A, B, C, and D, and maybe run a test or just pres prescribe you something to shove down your throat to give you temporary relief. Now, they give you the option of going online and doing a virtual visit. I'm not a big fan of virtual visits. I'm not a big fan of somebody staring at me going, okay, this is what's wrong. Let me prescribe you something. Okay. Are you going to take my blood, my temperature, grab my scrotum or something? Or just, you're going to just look at me and say, this is what this is. I'm not a big proponent of it. I know I have to do it. I know times are a changing. So I know I have to keep up. But uh, I'm not a big fan of virtual visits. Because any, and once again, I'm not poking fun at doctors or anything, but anybody can come on and look at you and you can explain to them anything that whether it be true or just in your head of saying, hey, this is what's wrong with me and they'll prescribe you something. You know, it's just a simple quick fix. You know, unless you're bleeding out of every orifice, you just take a virtual visit and they'll prescribe you something. You pay for it and, and, and there you go. Yeah, I get that. It just... Sometimes it's just like, okay, they're just like, oh yeah, you need to see, you need more help. <laughs> and it's like, hey, what would be use of that anyway? <laughs> man, I should have gotten to that field, man. Virtual doctor. Like, oh yeah, you need to, just, you need to get some drugs in you. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to subscribe you 50 pills for this month and, you know, your deductible is this, this, and this, and have at it, cha-cha. You're good. Um <laughs> No, I've been, I've, been, I've been very fortunate, very, very blessed to be moderately healthy. I've been very fortunate. You know, I've, I've, had, I've, had, very little, I've had very little medical issues, you know, considering the next guy. Well, I've been very, very lucky. But the times where I didn't need service, jumping through hoops and online work and stuff like that, and, oh, okay, you know, your toe fell off, so we'll get you an appointment next month. Until then, hold on, you know, kind of thing like that. It's, it's just that... Um, I'm one of those people that will complain about, you know, I'd rather be in Canada and have free health care. 
and jump through the, and jump through those hoops. But of course, I'm just pleading ignorance because nothing is really for free. Uh, alas, <laughs> very nice, very nice. So, All right, um, got any shoutouts? Uh, yeah, see, see, the, the medical rant could have stretched on for another hour, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> yes, <Well>, yes. <laughs> uh, once again, we're going like to I take a, I take a shout out to two things. Um, shout out to Podbean.com uh, because now um, an update for the Walk Race Experience, Out of Tech, Out of Context podcast, everything else under the umbrella. We have now found a way, and we have to where podbean.com only, 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 only has listed every single one of the podcasts that I've started since 2018. So all 338 episodes are now on podbean.com. So if you haven't subscribed yet, I recommend subscribing. If you want to hear the very first podcast that I've done, how cringy it is, to me ranting later on about um, uh, you know you know you know about critical race theory to even me singing folks uh, please subscribe to walkerac76.podbean.com podbean.com once again have all 338 episodes that i've ever done not spotify not iHeartRadio, or anything else so kev if you want to listen to all my fun stuff how bad i was years ago you're in for a treat folks it's it's uh Oof, definitely hurting. Oh, man. <laughs> the skeletons just won't stay in the closet for long. No, absolutely not. Uh, I think you'll quit after hearing a few of my old ones. Uh, <laughs> and my second shout-out uh, goes to you, Kevin. You It goes to you. Um, because without you, the success of this podcast uh, would not have grown exponentially like it has. And, you know, with your, you know, with your yin to my yang or our just conversations that we have, whether we agree or not, you know, we still have that clever banter that can go back and forth that won't soil our friendship or anything of the sort. Um, so you have been a tremendous addition to the podcast itself because before I used to do it by myself once a week and it was more and more challenging to keep everything entertaining and, and informative. So a shout out to you because you really helped me out. So I definitely do thank you for that. Um, I just need to improve on my communication skills <laughs> when it comes between you and I. So, well, uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's um, but that makes things more interesting when people have like opposing points of view, but like can be really constructive and compassionate in their discussions. That what's that's kind of moves things forward rather than just. If people thought the same exact thing all the time, then it's just almost like an echo chamber. And those are kind of fun too, but you know, it could be a little bit more enlightening. And uh, okay, for my shout out, I would like to shout out Kava. Kava is a root drink from the Pacific Rim. It is the opposite of caffeine. It'll mellow you out and make you social, make you feel kind of like really light, give you a sense of euphoria. Um, I. I think it's a lot of uh, fun to have as a social drink, because um, I've been thinking, you know, for a while ago back, I was like, well, I like being social, but I just don't want to drink a lot. And so I, I stumbled onto this once, and, uh, you know, I've 
there are some places around well, around here that I'd like to keep going to, but it's just um, a really nice thing to have. So if you get a chance to try Kaaba, if you want to be more hardcore, you try Kratom, the more stronger version of it. So where would you get that at? Uh, you could get it online, but um, it's, to get the more um, potent stuff, you're going to have to search a little harder. They have some of the Kava tea at um, like Whole Foods, but don't waste your money. It's not going to be strong enough. Um, your, your most solid bet is to go into uh, the Kava bar, which you know may be a little more challenging to find since it's a niche thing. Okay, well, I'm I'm definitely always um, one to have things in my life that keeps me calm. Granted, I'm not a raving lunatic or anything, but I definitely like, uh, you know, to remain being zen and being relaxed because, you know, every day is a potential stressor. So I want to try to relax as much as humanly possible. Um, so as the show comes to a close, I'd like to thank everyone who continues to support, continue to download, continue to subscribe to each um, each and every single one of the platforms under the Walker AC Experience, the Out of Context Podcast, Slacking Majestically, everything in between. Because once again, without you, there is no us. So please subscribe to walkerac76.podbean.com. I'll take you straight to the Podbean website. Hit that subscribe button, the like button, comment, all that fun stuff. Continue to support the experience because as our lives, uh, as our memories get longer, our lives get shorter, so try to make an impact, you know, try to leave your mark on this world, because if not, you're just a meat with eyes, and eventually we will eat you, so that's just the way it is. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so after Kevin and I have just now cured world hunger, and uh, we just now cured um, anxiety, which is, you know, drinking kava and relaxing, I think we've done our due diligence. I think we've saved another portion of the world today, Kevin, so I'm very proud of you for that. You know, just uh, add the Nobel Prize to the rest of them. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> keep all those awards coming, <laughs> folks. We are not heroes. We are not heroes. <laughs> We're just hero adjacent. That's yes, cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, this has been a Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian. That has been Kevin Yu. You've been our friends, our family, our loved ones, the ones who love us, the ones who hate us. But you're still listening, nanny nanny boo boo, and uh, we will see you next time.